0: Hello and welcome back to Homeschool Together. Thanks so much for joining us. If you have a chance, head down into the show notes and support the podcast by leaving a review, telling your friends, or heading on over to the Gumroad store and taking a look at some of our resources that we have available. Today, we are going to be talking about overscheduled homeschoolers.
1: Man, it's such a problem. People outside of homeschooling, they, I think they think that we just like sit around our dining room table all day and we don't go anywhere and we don't do anything.
0: I consider homeschooling a monastic experience. <laughs> right. I have my kids sitting and we, we chant and they, they <laughs> transcribe scrolls all day long.
1: I mean, I feel like even though there is a lot of time spent together as a family and there's a lot of time spent at home. Uh, there are some days when we are like totally on the go and we're not unusual because we're homeschooling we have all this extra time that we can use to fill with meetups and club stuff and sports and other activities and play dates and it's really easy for us to say well since there's nothing on my officially on my calendar that i have to go do i can just fill it with other things and sometimes that can be a real problem we can't get our can't get our homeschooling done Um, and we feel just generally like harried and you know the kids are overwhelmed and it's too much so today we wanted to talk about uh, how to evaluate activities so you don't become overscheduled, how to identify if you are currently overscheduled, and just some of our tips about it. Because I think it's yeah. a really common problem. Well, we wanted a to, problem,
0: I mean, just story time is what we ran into when the summer turned off right. and the fall turned on. We
1: went back to our parent partnership. And, and all of a
0: sudden we went from this like really nice and lazy summer to this Crazy. Well, right, because
1: sports started back up, and clubs started, and scouts, clubs started and scouts started. And 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 it like, oh was God. like all kinds of things. And, and I, I ended up going back to work over the summer when it was like easier, but you know going back yeah. in office. office yeah. But you know through the fall, then it was all of a sudden much harder. And then I'm, I'm doing theater again. Now theater is spun up, <laughs> yeah. and I, I've got MBA classes. And it's just there's a lot of things. And now all of a sudden, we live and I mean live, by a Google Calendar. Yeah, we'll talk
0: a little bit more about Our, that, our, but... our
1: life revolves around it because we have to. Um, and so we've been asking ourselves, you know, like, are we too busy? And so I think this is a good good timing for this episode as we the world opens back up and mm-hmm. a lot of activities and things are, you know, maybe getting back when they, they weren't going on before and there's lots of opportunities for our kids. And of course, part of the reason we homeschool is we want to take advantage of letting our kids do really cool things yeah, that interest that them be, and yeah. that they love and... But it it can be kind of a double-edged sword sometimes because we want to just, we just want to do too much.
0: So, so a lot of people aren't, you know, they, they don't realize they have a problem until they have a problem, you mm-hmm. know, and they're going to sit back one day and go, oh my God, I have so much stuff going on and I don't know what to do. Very often when you get into this kind of overscheduled experience, whether it's just in your private life, like as an adult, you're like, oh my gosh, I feel overwhelmed. I feel crazy. I'm, I feel anxiety and I have all these issues. You don't typically evaluate that like beforehand like hey this is going to get really busy this month you kind of just stumble into it it's like a frog in boiling water yeah and so in this case what we really want to do is think about like okay we feel harried we feel like we're overscheduled you know what are those first things we can do for priority wise like when we're starting to look into yeah i mean
1: before you're boiling maybe yeah. we can try as you're starting to add different things to your life yeah. we want we had some things we 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 think you should think of yeah. um so you know evaluating your priorities and what is most important out right. of everything you've got going on what are the things that you you absolutely can't lose those might be the things that your kid loves the most yeah. that you think are the most enriching uh, the things that you have to do for whatever state requirements you have to meet uh, things you've already made a big monetary commitment to so if you got a lot going on really think about like okay what is my priority here because you know we can't can't do everything so you know try to kind of list it out by priority
0: and then like what type of you know what qualities does this have activity? exactly does it fit into the values of my family and and what we're trying to do
1: yeah is there some positive element that's coming out of this yeah. for example our daughter is playing sports she's starting sports and you know when she we decided she was going to play soccer well, it was like, okay, what positives does this have? Because we were thinking like, we're going to have to stand out in the Pacific Northwest rainy fall and watch this kid play soccer. Like, but then we thought, okay, well, there's a, a bunch of positives here. One, it's really good physical activity for her. Two, it's teamwork, cooperation, yeah. Yeah. and uh, learning from another adult, which we don't get as much opportunity to do as homeschoolers. So that's always good for our kids. Um, the other thing is, yeah, it's going to be muddy and dirty some and rainy yeah. and she's gonna have to show some grit out there she's gonna have to keep going even when it's cold and yuck and we think that that get that's there's a lot of positives there yeah. not saying we always dig it but we're doing it and i think that it's been a good growth experience for her so when you're evaluating an activity either if you're looking to add it to your family or looking at what you should cut really think about like how does this what positive elements does this provide to my family, to my child? Does this support the values that we have? You know, really kind of look at it from that perspective.
0: Absolutely, and then you know, like you're going stemming from that is like the those are the current needs. But then thinking about long term, what what benefit does this activity or right. or thing do for my child? Like, are they learning, you know, physical skills like Girl Scouts, or are they doing? you know, sports that are very right. enriching to their body. So
1: our daughter is in Scouts and I'm already seeing her becoming more self-sufficient, oh, yeah. being more capable, even though we've only been in it for a few months. She's yeah. already done so what's, many things. What's
0: the line? You are a strong and capable woman. That's right.
1: She's a strong capable Daddy, woman. Daddy, can you
0: hold my jacket? You're a strong and capable woman.
1: Yeah. <laughs> 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 he used that extensively when we got back from our Scouts camping trip. But yeah, we, I went camping. The other we-
0: stay-at-home dad was impressed. He was. Yes.
1: We went camping with the Scouts and on the way home... Um, even though it had been a long weekend but a fun weekend but my daughter listed like 15 minutes of all the things she had never done before that Mm -hmm. she did that weekend of scouts camping and it was like you know she'd never served other adults she'd never um, been in charge of a cooking crew she'd never Mm -hmm. led a hike i mean there was just like a bunch of things that she'd never done before and she felt stronger because of it. So I feel like her through Scouts is going to make her a more capable young woman, feel more independent and confident. So that's that's building those lifelong skills that you're talking about.
0: Yeah, yeah. And, and you know, how does that activity like feed into what, you know, like their talents, their abilities, their strengths? Like you're talking about it enriching those things. Right. Your, your child could also have natural talents in certain right. aspects that – you want those. You want them to engage in those,
1: right? If your child has natural ability art in in dance art or something, or yeah. Singing or maybe you want to enrolling them in that class or that or having that tutor come in to help them with music. Maybe that's like numero uno priority for you yeah. because they have this natural ability or this natural passion for something, and and that's more important than anything else, right? So you know, sometimes we, sometimes I think we put our kids in something because we we think that oh man, that's really cool. Like I would have loved that
0: (laughs) or also vicariously through your child. Yeah.
1: Because I mean, gosh, these are some great opportunities, right? I would have loved that. Uh, the other thing is maybe thinking about like, oh, well, you know, boy, what a cool thing to do. Like, oh, all the kids must want to do that. Well, maybe that's like not the thing your kid necessarily really wants to do. Or what
0: we're doing is we're testing out a lot of different things to see if we can find some interest.
1: Yeah, we're in the middle of like, okay, we're going to sign up for this sport. We don't know if you like it, but we're going to see. We're going to test it and we'll find out. Yeah, exactly. It's a lot of that exploration, but we're trying to limit it to like one sport at a time, one enrichment thing at a time so that we're not doubling up too many things because it's really... I mean, we could just sign her for everything. They wanted her on the swim team, but like, oh man, they' were cannot... begging for her on the swim team, yeah, yeah, they really liked her for the swim team, uh like the junior swim team, but uh she she was already committed to another sport, and she had scouts, and we were like, you know no, what we, we, can't we just can't yeah,
0: because it was a f- you know going right into the next the next idea is how often does that thing yeah, meet? the
1: swim team was four nights a week for a 7 year old and we were just like we can't no, i, can't, do I that. can't commit to four nights no. a week for something
0: she can't do it i can't do well, it well right yeah i can't do that that's that, crazy it's
1: just it's a lot right and yeah. if she's passionate about swimming we decided like yeah, okay maybe we will try a couple months stint you know, after basketball ends in the spring and we'll, okay, we'll do a little bit of swim and we'll see if she loves it. Might be a good
0: summer sport or whatever. Right,
1: and maybe she's really passionate about swim and this becomes her main sport. We just really don't know, but it was like, wow, that was a lot for us to take on at the beginning of the school year. And
0: it wasn't even necessarily how often it met. Like if it met every day at like one o'clock, I could work around that. Like that's something that we could do. This, the swim team was meeting at like five o'clock. It's like, that's right when we eat dinner. And I mean, yeah. Well, and, and so and that's a, impacting a, our family time.
1: Right. How often does it meet? When does it meet? And how does that impact you? Yeah.
0: You know, you may, you may it's four times a week. It was four days a week.
1: Right. Like maybe for example, you know, we don't have it around here, but let's say it's a similar situation. Maybe you can look for like a homeschool swim team that would yeah. meet at a different time. We have a homeschool girl scout troop. yeah. It's so amazing. it's great. Cause I don't have to wait till like, you know, prime time, dinner time to meet. We can meet in the middle of the day mm-hmm. and that works out really great. Um, so you know maybe timing is a big piece of it. The other thing to evaluate is like how does the how does this activity fit into and dovetail with what whatever else you're doing. Like let's say in your home, you're uh you're great with all your math, science, reading, all that stuff, but art is your real weak weak point. Maybe then art is the thing that you should prioritize as yeah. an outside activity.
0: Well, we've talked about this with the parent partnership is we have strategically picked classes at our parent partnership that. That complement right. what we're doing in the, in the home. You know, we're doing all the main curriculum stuff here that you could you could think about from reading to math to our, you know, literature curriculum or whatever it might be. The things that we do kind of on the periphery, that are important like science and STEM mm-hmm. and and art, which can tend to be fall by the wayside periodically. Even though I think we do a lot of art in this house,
1: we do a lot of art.
0: But we are we are using the parent partnership as a way to, you know, cover those bases. You know, in a fun and educational way that I, that I think I would struggle to to achieve at that level in the house. So, like, I don't think I could teach clay pottery to the level that she's getting it in that class, or mm-hmm. I don't think I could teach the painting. Even though, that that's a whole nother story. That painting class is crazy. Um, <laughs> that's chaos. That is chaos. This is pure like like wrap your mind around Miss Frizzle running a painting class, and that that's basically what that class is. And add in eight adults. With you know, Miss Frizzle
1: usually had pretty good crowd control going on. I just got to say.
0: No, no, this teacher does. And she uses the parents to do all the crowd control. <laughs> <laughs> this, this, this painting class is crazy.
1: But I think it's important. I think it's important to think about like when you're evaluating stuff, yeah, how does it fit in? How does it support what you want for your kid? What they want for themselves? What they're passionate about? And there's some things that are going to fall aside. And, and you know, maybe it's going to fall aside for right now. We were interested in our, we have a local 4-H club that was doing Lego mm-hmm. robotics. And we, we were, were like we were right on oh, the cusp man. of signing up. We were very close to signing up. Our daughter was super interested in it. And we and you know, we talked about it. We were like, you know, we have these other couple things going on right now mm-hmm. and your sister is really young. So it's gonna be really challenging to take her with. We're gonna wait, we're just gonna do this next we were, year.
0: We were like trying to like put together a, a parent share where another homeschooling student would go together and then every other when you know, every other right. meeting, I don't know what day it was, but it was every other meeting would you know, I would take both girls or then both girls would go with the other mom and yeah. we're like, Oh, we're already kind of that can s-
1: help you a little bit with yeah. your feeling of overscheduled, yeah. but for us still we, it, we just it still evaluated- too much. It still felt too much. It still it felt like too much and we decided, you know what, we just can't. We're just gonna wait yeah. a year. And so sometimes you can't do everything all at once.
0: And and sometimes cost may be an issue. And, you know, with this this four H class, it wasn't necessarily the you know, the class was long it was on it was in the middle of the week it was a little bit later but also it was like a 25 minute drive yeah and like if you think about that it's 25 yeah. minutes there it's 25 minutes back hour and 20 minutes there you're looking at two and a half hours that's a big chunk of time right in the middle of the week not like it's taking up and it's not taking up homeschool time which is in the middle of the day but you know at the end of a day of a long homeschool day have dinner you do all your stuff, you finish it up, and you have this long mega class at the end of the day. Right. Oh, I don't know about that. Yeah. Yeah.
1: It was just a little bit hard for us you Just to- walk
0: through that thought experiment of what your life is like. That's another thing that I always like to do is just go through those thought experiments, and that's kind of what we did, and we're like, oh, this is going to be challenging. It just felt
1: like, it too, like too much. And yeah, you know, maybe when our younger child is older, I think it's very important to remember that when we- It's especially hard when we have multiple kids and they're all in things. We're lucky in that that we we, just have the one right now. We only have our our others only three. Our little one,
0: you know, she she had a couple activities here and there.
1: Yeah, she has she has dance and she has preschool, but those are during the day. And Mm -hmm. our older daughter has things. She has things during the day too, but then she has these other extra, you know, sports and things later. It's like when you you want to give every kiddo an opportunity to do something. and to, to to go after what they're passionate about, or what they're interested in, or play a sport, but you have to kind of think about it in terms of the whole family and the whole family unit and how busy we are all going to be. You you recently decided that you're going to coach basketball, and you know we, we looked at that and said like, okay, well if you're going to coach basketball, oh my god, I'm coaching basketball guys. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be it's gonna be fun. If you're gonna coach that,
0: then I feel I feel like I'm I'm the cop at the end. You know I'm about to retire just one more job. <laughs> I played that sport for 20 something years. I'm like, I'm being so, brought back in.
1: But now that you've decided, this is interesting. <laughs> yeah. You actually decided to coach so that we could choose the day of our practice so that yeah. we could make sure it didn't conflict with anything else. that i I'm going to be coaching. taking MBA classes. <laughs> we, didn't, we didn't want it to conflict. The other thing is that, you know, if you're going to do that, then I can't stage manage a spring show which yeah. I was going to stage manage a theater show yeah, so and sometimes those decisions I've made a sacrifice there so you yeah. can do this thing we, we have to work around one another the
0: decisions may, may not necessarily be with what the student is choosing to do or what we're choosing our student to do those could filter up to you know exactly what you said you, right. you couldn't do that one play and like these are the like the decisions affect everybody like, right they affect the whole down family and across
1: and we have to remember that we're not just Trying to make sure that our students not overscheduled, we have to make sure that we're not overscheduled because mm-hmm. we're as parent educators, we're half of this equation. Exactly. And, and so, when you're thinking about evaluating things, um, it's your your hobbies and things they have a place too. And if we're if we're overscheduling our kids, and we're over, or overscheduling ourselves too, we don't leave time for the spontaneous things to happen you know those spontaneous play dates those opportunities to go and do something fun that we get to do because we're not in school we could say hey our homeschool friends all want to go to the zoo today hey we should do that today yeah. you know if we if we're too busy we don't leave any time for the the spontaneous of
0: life yeah i think i think one of the things that i feel like it's more challenging now is those scheduled play dates like hey do you want to get the kids together and have them play this afternoon that's a little bit more challenging now because yeah, yeah. it's like oh no i'm sorry i you know, basketball's later today or no, her sister has dance class today or no, uh, so-and-so has, you know, speech lessons here or, oh no, they have something over here that, you know, they have to do. All of a sudden you're like, oh, it becomes very difficult. It feels like you're in a corporate meeting. Uh, you're trying to schedule a meeting with the, yeah. the you know, executive vice president. And he's like, oh, we got to align all these schedules <laughs> to find out that everybody's not working at 915, right? Or whatever it is. Right.
1: And I think it's important that you identify if you have too much going on. If you yeah. think you might have too much going on, the best thing to do is really pay attention to your kids and their anxiety level about it. You can really tell when kids are over-scheduled. They get overwhelmed. Some, I mean, some kids thrive on tons of activity. They need to be kept really busy and they love it. Others are gonna get cranky, they're gonna be, they're not gonna want to. Some are gonna
0: articulate they just don't want to do it. Like, oh, I don't want to do it right. today, you know?
1: And I think, you know, part of it is we've sunk money into these yeah. different activities in most cases. Um, and so then there's this discussion of like, well, do you stick it out because you made a commitment to mm-hmm. it and we want our kids to show some, some grit and, you know, know that, Hey, they, they made a decision. They need to stick with it.
0: Well, like, like the little one tried soccer and we went oh, yeah. to like three practices. That, and went, that went terribly. And she just was not interested. We thought she would. And she actually, she is. She just doesn't like the competition element of it. Like she didn't like playing
1: Right. And but, we decided that it was, yeah. she was too young to have to push her to continue it because yeah. she didn't really make her decision in full knowledge because she's three. Yeah. So, whereas our older daughter, you know, she's getting to the end here and she's not like super jazzed about finishing soccer, but she made the decision that she wanted yeah. to do it. And she made that knowing what soccer was going to be and knowing it was going to be rainy and all that stuff. And we're going to make her finish it. Um, and, and she's doing it. And she's, so I, I think there's this balance but i think from a parent perspective we we can't be afraid to say you know i i this is too much and we're just going to have to drop out nobody wants to drop out of something especially not something that they paid for but at the you know you're weighing sacrificing your mental health you know your kids the attitude how, your homeschool if you really took on too much so yeah, if the, you, if you me- just feel like it's too much i've had to turn down a couple things lately and i hate it i yeah. hate saying no I hate saying no to my kids. I hate saying no to other people that want us to do something with them. But there's sometimes I just, I got to say no.
0: Well, and it goes right into that mental health, mental, emotional health around the student and around you. You know, if you are overscheduled, it can affect who you are, it can affect your, you know, how, how excited you are about homeschooling, what type of energy you bring to the house. Right. Um, what type of yeah. energy you bring to your kids.
1: Um, we talked about the hybrid schooling yeah, a few weeks back, exactly. right? We talked about how you know sometimes those activities get the best part of your kids, exactly. and then you're left with kind of like the the leftover tired kid for homeschool, which is you know you're not getting the best there, so that's kind of tough. And I think there's we can't understate the importance of the emotional psychological well being. Yeah. Uh, when I was when I was in engineering, still I was in engineering, and I was actually doing. You know, calculations, I was doing that work. I was also managing a team of engineers. Mm -hmm. I was their manager and I was project managing at the same time. And I remember going to my to my boss um, several years and saying, like, I I cannot do all three of these things Mm -hmm. because and he's like, what I don't understand, you're not really working much overtime. I go, no, it's not hours in the day. It's like mental space. I can't make my brain switch gears between these three things. I need to drop one of them so that I can just focus. I can be in the technical side of the house or I can be in the management, project management side of the house, but I can't like do all of this at once. And I eventually had to quit and and get a new job because they just never understood. Mm -hmm. And so that's the kind of space we want to give our kids too. You might look at it and say, well, gosh, we have plenty of hours in the day. We're not, we're not doing that many things. And when you look at our Google calendar, it's not like that bad. But there are some days when they are much more emotionally and psychologically taxing for our kids because of what the gears they have to switch that day. And mm-hmm. so it's not just about the uh, the space in the calendar, I guess, is what I would say.
0: So those are, you know, kind of the, the the initial ideas of what you're trying to do is you're trying to evaluate your activities. And then you're going to try and evaluate if, you know, if you have too much going on, Those those symptoms of what you're doing. Mm-hmm. So what are some tips that people can take to you know, ease that problem. Like we've talked a little bit about those along the way, but like what are some things that people can do?
1: So easing into activities is the best advice that we can give. You know, if you're new to homeschooling.
0: Layering them in slowly. Right. Start
1: slow so that you know kind of what you can handle. It's really hard. You know, when our kids turn like five, all of a sudden they can do a bunch of things like, oh yeah, I can sign you up for all kinds of stuff. And so you kind of go gangbusters that first year. And We got curbed a little bit because the first year we could sign her up for things, we ended up going into lockdown. So that curbed us a little bit, Mm -hmm. and we got time to settle into our homeschooling and understand... The kind of time commitment we needed to have—it's really hard to—it's really hard to get curriculum and then know how many hours a week you're going to spend on that. I get that question all the or, time, or like how, or how oh. you break
0: it up through the day, or yeah, like know. oh you're
1: doing right start. how how long are you doing that? Or you build your library, how many hours a day does that take? I get that question a lot, uh-huh. and I think it's a really challenging one because you don't exactly know until you do it. I mean, we can give you estimates. Everyone can say, oh, I spend two hours on this, yeah. but I mean, I think it's very subjective to. Your, your kid, their learning style, your teaching style. Yeah, it just all really depends. So I think it's better to get uh, comfortable in your homeschool mm-hmm. and familiar with what you're going to do and know what kind of space and time you have both in your schedule and, you know, emotionally, psychologically, your, your kid. You might find that after a day of homeschool, even though you only did two hours, they might be done for the day. Yeah. They might not have the mental capacity to go and you know do scouts afterwards or something that just might be too much it might be overwhelming for them mm-hmm. so i think it really depends especially with these young learners
0: Yep, absolutely now now talk a little bit about the importance of google and the google calendar and and why that has been a lifesaver for us
1: yeah, so we decided we had to go digital this year because we just we have a more going on with the with the with the scouts and the sports, and I have I'm in my MBA program and and I've yeah. rehearsal and we so want to make things. sure all of
0: our schedules are are aligned and then we can see
1: right. So we put everybody in a color. It's all on Google Calendar. I can see it when I'm at work. I can see it on my phone. You can see it on your phone. We shared it with Grandma and Grandpa, yep. so that they know, like, when they're trying to plan something with the kids, or they're thinking about maybe taking the kids for a night, they can see exactly what's going on in our calendar, and they know. Uh, and this has been really helpful to us. The other thing that we were able to do, I went ahead and like we were evaluating that STEM thing, that Lego robotics. I went ahead and pre-populated that into our calendar, yeah, and. I just took a look through the next couple of months to see how that was going to affect us. Mm-hmm. And it was like, wow, it really became apparent how long that was going to stick around and how many things it was going to conflict with. And it was like, oh, okay. But it, wasn't it really just, helped us. It wasn't
0: just the timing, but it was also like, okay, is there going to be stuff outside of that class that we're going to have to do to prepare for competitions or mm-hmm. you know whatever they might have in that class? We, did, we right. just have no idea. Um, one of the hardest things when you're doing an activity and I see this all the time, like at soccer practice or if I have to go to, you know, swim or, or whatever activity it might be, a lot of times it's not just one kid. You gotta bring a couple other with you. Right. You know, like I have to bring the little one with me. I've seen other people who they've got to bring two children with them so that the one kid can do the activity because, you know, there's nobody to watch the kids. And yeah. I gotta go do this thing. Yeah. I see it all the time at the parent partnership where some of these families will only have one kid in the classes but they'll have a 4-year-old and a 2-year-old and these moms will come with everybody in tow and so a lot of times you're going to have to maybe think about activities where you can maybe bring both of them together you know or mm-hmm. if if the if the activity has the opportunity to you know have those other children enjoy themselves for example at the YMCA if you have a swim class do they have childcare at the same time that you can put the other children into you know, or right. maybe there's a basketball practice at the YMCA and you can put your kids in the childcare because you're, you're a member at the YMCA you know if you're going to soccer practice and you're outside do you have a knee sheet do you have a, 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 another soccer ball for yeah. the kid do you have art things like when i go to soccer practice i'm not just thinking about my older kid and making sure she's got her shin guards and socks and shoes and all that stuff But I also have the art bag, the art caddy that we talked about is is on the go. She has her own soccer ball and she gets to play with the other little girls that are there. The other, are, little what, sisters. other little sisters and i make sure she hasn't like i make sure she has snacks i make sure she has a drink it's it, it's, it's a lot so more much. preparation yeah.
1: right it's not just getting the one kid ready no. so if you can prioritize activities that allow your whole family to participate yeah. that is even better yeah. you know sometimes there's there'll be like a family forest school or something it's like everybody gets to participate our youngest is just a little bit young for me to keep corralling but like next year i'll be able to bring her to scouts meetings with me yeah. she won't be able to do like everything but it's at a park with a playground and so she could go and play the whole time that we're there and that would work out great so really think about like what can i do that i can bring everybody together um and that everyone will be entertained because it's it's a real challenge if you have little ones we've we've done it and it's it's a struggle
0: um beyond that is grouping activities with other homeschooling families so that you guys can share delivery duties and child watch duties that's been a big thing that has really Um, helped us here with our parent partnership and also with some of the sports activities was having other homeschool kids that we know that live around us participate in the similar activities and being on the same wavelength with those parents and say, hey, we're going to play basketball. Is this something that your child might be interested in? Oh, absolutely. We wanted to sign up as well. Great. Let's try to get them on the same team together. Right. so
1: You have to sign up. You have to put the name yeah. of the other kid on that sheet so that you guys can both try to yeah. get outside of you just know.
0: being the coach and stuff, but like getting it's the It's not ki- guaranteed. But yeah, you not try. guaranteed, but try to get those kids together because it's going to alleviate a lot of pressure. Um, we were out for a walk the other night and we saw one of the um, kids on the street here and she was waiting for it to be picked up to go to her soccer practice. Yeah, by another, and, mom, by they another were, mom. They had there. a ride share. Came rolling right in, ride share, took the kid to practice, and then that mom would sit there or dad or whatever would sit there and just, you know, deliver the children back. And and, this and then is, you can, and
1: the sharing is a yeah. huge one. We, you know, with this, with this eminent coaching that you're going to do, uh, we're talking about like, okay, well, I would watch the little one while you go, but the other mom that you're going to ride share with, she said, "Oh well, if you're going to come pick up my daughter to take drop her, because you're your going to be one, yeah. you're going to be at every practice because you're the coach, you can just drop off the three year old to play with my three year old <laughs> while you're gone. Do you think that would be okay?" And we're like, "Yeah, uh, that would actually be great. That'd be awesome." So you know, getting getting together with other homeschool families, or you know, obviously it doesn't even have to be homeschool families if you're doing something that's after school hours. Yeah. But trying to help with those carpooling duties is really great. Even if you don't have a younger child, even if it's just like, hey, that's an hour to yourself at home. That's a that's a valuable hour. You could be, you know, cleaning, cooking, having some time to read a book. Um, that could be valuable too and could help you not to feel quite so overwhelmed.
0: Well, one of my favorite things about doing those ride shares is if you do end up being able to drop off your little one with with that, you know, with another parent while you then take the kids to the school, you're right. You do get Forty five minutes where you can sit and listen to a podcast, listen to some music, go for a walk around the field, whatever it might be. It's it's a good opportunity to get a little bit of you time if you're willing to do yeah, that.
1: Yeah, yeah, you can if you can strategically use activities and and get some other parents involved, and then you know you go every other week, so yeah. you're still seeing our our right. child's progress and, and, and I do, being and I, a part of it.
0: Exactly, and I do that with the parent partnership where we have aligned our one daughter's you know preschool with our other daughter's parent partnership, so that one of those days that week the week that I'm on campus and I'm the responsible parent supposedly. And, uh, and, uh, I, I don't have any children with me. I had children last year. Yeah, I didn't this it's really year. Challenging. And this year I'm like, I can sit, I can go for a walk around campus. I can do some writing. I can do whatever I want. I do feel like I get, um, it's more of a refreshed experience Yeah. and it does invigorate me for the rest of the day or the rest of the week. Like I look forward to that day right. because that morning it's, it's my time. And then, like every other week, I get another, I get another day off. Mm-hmm. So it's like, it's really nice to like strategically plan these things so that you can get a little bit more free time. And I, like, I don't fill that time with other things I got to do. No, like I fill it with me time, yeah. and I find that to be very helpful.
1: The other thing is that if you can get one if you have multiple children and you can get one in an activity that and the other one is not we we do this with the dance class our little one is in dance mm-hmm. class and our older daughter homeschools while yep. while I strategically while she's in use dance.
0: that time yep I strategically use the time as a, that's a great example because And so that's a if you need yeah. like
1: one-on-one time with one child it's great to put the other one in an activity it's you know it can sometimes be challenging depending on the location of that activity and being able to is it quiet enough so you can mm-hmm. do the work that you need to do but it's a nice way to strategically homeschool is to do it while another child isn't is is busy they're occupied. Yeah. And it's worked out really well for us.
0: It has. I'm able to use that 45 minutes. And it's not like I'm sitting there like schooling the whole 45 minutes. No. But I'm like, hey, let's do a little activity. Great. Go watch your sister for a few minutes. Come back. Okay. Well, let's do another little bit. And she can yeah, go watch it. it's nice.
1: The older child isn't bored. No, nope. You're also, when you get home, then the kids have free time that they can play. Mm-hmm. Uh, it actually has worked out really nicely for it re- us.
0: It really has. Now- Another idea here is is how flexible is this activity, right? If you miss a week or, you know, is that a big deal? Like that type of thing.
1: Right. Some things are like very, uh, very strict. strict about it. Like, oh, hey, you have to be there every week. Or, you know, for soccer, we don't have that many girls. And so if we don't show up for a game, then those, those girls don't have very many subs. And they're running, running, running. So we really feel like the strain of we got to be at every single yeah. game. If
0: we had 10 players on that team, I think it would be a little bit more. Like, oh, we can't make it this week.
1: Right. But, you know, we feel a lot of pressure. So I think that that's part of it, too. And sports are a big one for that where you just really can't miss as much. Mm -hmm. Um, But there are other activities, too, where if you miss too many things, then they can't perform at their dance recital night or whatever. So just really understand what's the flexibility like and, and how would their absence affect their, you know, others affect the other students or their ability to, you know, complete the activity if they're not there. Absolutely. So, because sometimes we just decide, you know, we we just can't. It's too much this week. Um, You know, we didn't have a great day. They didn't sleep well. Uh, This activity is just going to have to get sacrificed. And don't be afraid to sacrifice an activity if that you know, even though we paid for it, we made a commitment to do it. If it's not in the best interest of us or our kid that day, we sometimes have to sacrifice it. You know, we don't sacrifice when it's going to affect the other players or something. But if it's something that just just affects our daughter. Sometimes we say, you know what, we're just not going to do it today and it's okay. We already paid for it. Yep. We're just going to miss out.
0: Hopefully that helps you. If you find yourself a little overwhelmed right now here at the end of the year, um, or if you find yourself, you tend to be very stressed at certain times of the year. Hopefully these can give you some ideas, some tips, some ways to, you know, adjust what you do and, and maybe even think forward in, in, in the future, you know, as you begin to pile on more activities, and maybe even have you know graduating more children into the homeschool life, like we are with our three-year-old, she's going to start to become, you know, her own person that has activities and and fun things that she's going to be doing. And lo and behold, a lot, her and her sister will be doing a lot of activities together, like Girl Scouts and stuff. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> we will be doubling up on a lot of things. Um, but hopefully that helps you. And if you're feeling stressed out, feel free to come to the Facebook group. We will give you all the, the friendly likes and loves and, and, and hugs and, and suggestions and everything. So always happy to help. We're going to end it the way we are, we are ending it now and talk about the book that we are reading this week. My daughter just plowed through um, the book, A Royal Guide to Monster Slain by Keeley or Kelly Armstrong. Um, this is a book that was actually recommended to us by a mother at Our Parent Partnership. And oh I yeah, was, her daughter was reading, right? Yeah, I was sitting at a table and I was I had my little one. I think it was on yeah, the one day the little ones there with me. And we have kind of a over in the parent partnership area, there's kind of a clothing share and people can bring clothes and trade clothes and everything based on, you know, whatever you whatever whatever you need or or whatever you can donate. And I was sitting over there on the table and the the woman came and put this book down. I go, Hey, that that looks really cool. The cover was really, really engaging. And I said, Is this you know, what is this? And she goes, oh, my daughter loves this book. Strong female protagonist, fantasy world. Um, really, really fun. And she goes, this is book four. And I, I'm, she goes, they're so good, I'm, I read them for myself. And she says a very kind of, you know, Harry Pottery level mm-hmm. type of you know, interest. Um, fantasy creatures and everything. But basically, it's a story about a 12-year-old girl uh, named Rowan. And she is the, you know, the heir to the queen of the throne. And because she's the heir to the throne she is not allowed to be a monster slayer like her brother. And her brother is, you know, second in line. And she would give anything to be a monster slayer and in, in hunting all the monsters and everything. And something happens. And she is now uh, uh, thrust into this, dry, you know, monster slaying uh, role where she has to go hunt a griffin. And she has a little feisty jackalope and a giant wolf um, that are all her friends as she goes in, through the magical kingdom. My daughter listened to this one um, on the Libby app checked out from the library, and she loved it. And um, there, what's really cool is there's three additional books as well. I think it goes to book four right now. Um, the woman, who, when she recommended it to me, I think she had book four in her hands that she was reading. So um, she loved it. My daughter loved it. Um, so I would recommend you checking it out and enjoying a little uh, strong female protagonist in a fantasy world. And we need more of those because my daughter keeps – craving all the fantasy books that i can give to her (laughs) so i'm I'm trying to find as many as possible and since she loved this one and hopefully your kid can like it too
1: thanks so much for joining us today and making us a part of your homeschool journey please engage with us on social media join our homeschool together podcast group on facebook and find us at homeschool together podcast on instagram we'd love to hear your feedback questions and recommendations until next time
0: Happy homeschooling!